Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. You know that I'm God. You, gotta, you, you better shut up and not do anything, or we make that frantic. But really, this isn't an equation. He's going, shh, and you'll know I'm God. It's not something you're doing. It's a, it's a passive reception of God ministering to your soul, to your spirit, in your spirit, joined to your spirit, and, and bringing something there. I love this, this quote of Thomas Merton, which actually is a quote from Richard Foster, in the celebration of discipline. Um, it's still a classic, by the way. He's, he's referred to as really strange. I don't know why they do this. They call him a modern mystic. I go, what's mystical about that? He taught people, pray, be silent, uh, bless others. It, it's all, and we call those spiritual disciplines. This is what Thomas Merton said. True contemplation is not a psychological trick but a theological grace. Us getting quiet before God is God's grace at work in our heart. His favor. Uh, For us just not to be noisy, not to be saying, not to be doing. Just sitting. I do my devotions at 11.45 p.m., and if I do that, I go to sleep. Good. Rest in God. Sleep well, my friend. Yes, it's really, it's a, it's a place of that. Um, Foster said this. He said, in contemporary society, our adversary majors in three things. Noise, hurry, and crowds. This was written, actually wrote about 40 years ago, I think the first edition came out. If he can keep us engaged in muchness and manyness, He will rest satisfied. Psychiatrist Carl Jung once remarked, hurry is not of the devil, it is the devil. So I look at that and I think about our lives. I think about my life. I think about prayer. I don't know about your life. My life is way too much hurry and way too much busy and way too much goddess. You have gotta's. Gotta do this, gotta do that, gotta go there, gotta go here. Gotta make sure, gotta, 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 you know. It's like, it's like watching the, the Big Bang Theory guys at the comic books. Gotta, 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 as they go through all the comics to find one that they don't have yet, and they flip through them, and they just keep saying that over and over and over to each other. Uh, life in 2018 is as busy as I know it for everybody I know. And then we're desperately trying to live pleasing to God and find his will. How do you you manage that? How, How do I manage that? Don't look at me. I'm in the same boat with you. I'm trying to manage it too. I don't have all the answers, but I know this. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. 
I, well, that's easy when I got to be at work. At the, 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 I understand. But I also know this, to take time for your soul, and I think that's what God was trying to say in this model prayer. After all, he knew we would be around at 2018. Yes, he knew the technology would exist. He knew how busy our lives would be, how oftentimes how frantic and desperate it would be, and he's looking forward and he's going, uh, stop, slow down, get in a quiet place. And really, the quiet room isn't about a quiet place, it's about a quiet position. It's about where you're at in the bigger sense of the word, like, where are you at? It, it's that. Where, where are you at? I've been using this to reposition, to listen and hear, and reminding myself of some old lessons that I taught years ago, and then I, and then I taught myself, but that this, your kingdom come, your will be done, is a, is a place to reposition myself in stillness and quietness of heart so that I can hear. Because if I'm not listening, I can't hear. Jesus lamented the fact that when he spoke, few people listened. What he taught. Now, this is him going around, crowds getting around him. And instead of hearing him, they would gripe and whine and find reasons for not listening to his voice because he didn't say what they wanted him to say. What they wanted to hear, he wasn't saying. Does that sound like our prayer times? To some of mine, there's certain things I want to hear. And not just the well done, Lloyd. I really think he's pleased with me. But there's other things that I legitimately want, want to hear. Uh, often they're about our futures, aren't they? Or about our progeny, uh, about the things that we, our vocations, the things that we're doing in life. Listen to this uh, lament. These are, this is Jesus. He who has ears to hear, this is Matthew 11, let him hear. But to what shall I liken this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their companions and saying, we played the flute for you and you did not dance. We mourned to you, you did not lament. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a gluttonous man and a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is justified by her children. What a strange thing for him to say that there. How much do we do this in prayer? Not a knock on us, just a, a real deep question about um, we think if we get them in a right order and we're praying God's will, then this answer should happen. Now, it's not wrong to have expectations of your relationship with God, but your expectations that God's will would be your will Huh. I don't know. Because wisdom, uh, if you look at the, the, care, the very attribute of God, if God is wise, that means he does everything for the good for everyone. 
He's wise. He knows beginning and end. So this isn't about like trying to gather God's will so that you can form it and make something happen on the earth. You're not God. This is about you hearing so that you can trust. So this is what I know. There's two different words that are used here. And by the way, this phrase, for him who has ears to hear, this appears 15 times in the New Testament. Not just in the Gospels, but throughout, throughout the Word, there, there's some form or another that, that it appears that. That means it's really important because of the, the theory, you know, the whole idea of it. If it's repeated a lot, then that must mean it matters a lot. But this is the definition. To listen means to pay attention in order to hear. And to hear means to gain knowledge by the act of listening. So they're two different things. So what this should really say is, for he who has ears to hear, let him listen. Now hearing implies some things. Hearing implies that you're going to make an action. It's a praxis word. You're going to make an action on the things that you've heard. You're going to make a response. So somehow you're going to take that, and if nothing else, and this should be true of the quiet room, you're going to think deeply on it. You know, I, I don't know. Most of the time I think, and most of the time it's playing in, in the shallow end of the pool. But then there's other times when I think really deeply about life and myself and God and my family, my loved ones, my friends, my church. So is the dependence on us? No. The positioning is. It's not dependent on how how well you hear, but it is dependent on your choice to move into a place where you're listening. Does that make sense? There really is a responsibility for the nourishment of our own souls come from us making a choice that allows us to be nourished by the will of God. Because that and that foremost is what will nourish you. Because it moves us from a, from a place of that... Uh, religion's a funny thing. <laughs> a couple of you are laughing. Religious is also a serious thing, I know, but it's seriously funny. I mean, really. Yeah. So, like, I was eating, nobody calls it this anymore, but I was eating a frost stick yesterday as I was taking a little bit. Who knows what a frost stick is? None of you. Okay, maybe they were just called that where I was from. So, an ice cream bar with a stick in it. So, I mean, then I went... I wonder where ice cream come from. So what do you do? Google it. There you go. The, the, the truth sayer of all truth sayers. You Google it. So I looked up the history of ice cream. It goes all the way back to Egypt. I had no idea. So you have all this history, but then it moves into the 19th century where they actually started selling it. And then they discovered this wonderful thing called soda water. And so they started uh, opening up drugstores in places where they had malt shops and things like that, but they also had soda ice cream, where they took ice cream and flavorings and put soda in it. 
you know, uh, we used to call them root beer floats, those kind of things. And they were doing that. It became immensely popular in America. That's when ice cream came in and just swept through America because we finally had the technology to do that easily. And so they developed them, and the ice cream soda was like the rage, rage late 19th century in America. So much so that these places started staying open on Sundays because they could sell this product and people would go and the soda jerk, I don't know where that came, I didn't look that up, but would make the you know, thing. And all fine and good, except religious people got offended because it tasted too good. It was too rich and therefore it was sinful. Absolutely sinful that you should have an ice cream soda on a Sunday afternoon with your family because you would enjoy it too much. So the ice cream makers decided we will come up with something that will suffice. So they eliminated the soda and created the ice cream sundae to appease religious people. So they could have their ice cream with the hot fudge on it, but no soda because that's sinful. But the name offended them, so they had to change it from Sunday, the common spelling, to S-U-N-D-A-E. And that's how we get that wonderful thing that you now drive into McDonald's with the nuts on it. Oh, God, religion. If any place we don't do religion, don't do religion in your prayer time. And one of the ways to do that is to move. Now, I don't know about you, but prayer quiets my soul. So I often start praying when I feel anxious. But here's the problem. Prayer is not the way, place to work out your anxiousness and problem solved by getting, identifying the will of God to get rid of that thing. Are you hearing me? You don't have, God, show me your will so I can pray this out. Huh? So, you want Sunday ice cream. Don't do that. Seriously, the real purpose here is to get you to a place, knowing God's will is a place of trusting God and his will. God rules his kingdom. The kingdom coming on the earth is really about the gospel, not about you setting up and declaring the judgments of God against a rebellious nation. Or, are you following me? That's not what Jesus was talking. I believe this with all my heart now. That's not what he was talking about. It's this. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Let me ask you, is the gospel real? Is the gospel God's will and plan for man? Does the, did the gospel happen? Is the gospel happening? Will the gospel happen? (sighs) 
It's a place of getting quiet and trusting. It's not me declaring the kingdom come. God has declared the kingdom come. It's designed to remove that, that, that stronghold religion in me that says I can have this five days a week, but I can't have this on Sunday because it's too rich. I hope you can track what I'm trying to put together with those things. Don't try You're not going to create God's will. You settle your heart to receive God's will. I've never heard God. It's not about an auditory thing. It's about a spiritual thing. I hear God all the time. It's seldom a voice in my ear. It's It's a knowing. Be still and know that I'm God. What do you know about God? What do you know about God? He's a good father. He just heard God. What is God's will? To know that he's a good father. How, how will that help me in prayer? It will change everything. What do you know about God, stranger? He will act whether I understand it or not or whether I motivate him. Oh my gosh, he doesn't need our prayers. We need our prayers. God's God, and he's really sure of it. And he wants us to know that, that he is very sure of his will, of his kingdom. That's why it says it the way it says it. To be done here on the earth. It is. It is being done. God's will is being done. It can't... He's not going to stop because... Three million of us decide we're not going to believe in him anymore and we're going to quit praying. Nope, God does not exist. Funny, God knows he exists. And us proving it or disproving it is not the issue. The gospel is a very valid thing. The will of God is the gospel in each one of our lives. And here's what, the gospel is about trust of what God has done. We have something in human history that the, most of the generations before did not have. We can trust because he did it. And yet we've generated ourselves into this Trusting that there's something left that he's got to do. What? That's backwards thinking and backwards prayers. Praying the will of God. This is what I pray for a lot of people. Lord, you never gave up on me. We talked about this in our group this morning. You've never stopped. You've never quit. You never gave up. You just kept you just kept coming. You just kept coming. You just kept coming. You didn't finally go, oh, God, Gabriel, what are we going to do with Lloyd? You got anything? Because I've run out here. I'm not sure to, what to do with the little guy anymore. It's not God. God's not going to quit on you. Not listening, not listening. Okay. Okay. You're going to run into yourself a lot because you're not knowing God. 
you're trying to disknow God. And no matter how much you try and disown him, he will never disown you. No matter what you're trying to prove by your frantic, ungodly activity, and that, or the religious activity, oh, don't you have soda on Sunday? It's not God's will. God's will is you being quiet and hearing. And it comes through a knowledge, comes through an understanding. Both of you guys, how you answered, you know the will of God. Isn't that stunning? You, you heard God. It was God speaking not only into your hearts, but when you shared it with the rest of us, now we walk away going, huh, I think I heard God today. And then I go home, and all the way home, I'm saying, you're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. So we go from a place of anxiousness and problem-solving to this. The same questions that I had for you to... If you want your prayer to change, ask yourself these questions. It's, it's, it's really, it's, it's simple. Listening moves us to hearing. Hearing moves us to knowing. Knowing moves us to trying. Now, here's the thing. Just try it this week. I, I challenge you. I lay down the gauntlet. Here is the glove. I slap thee with it. Just be quiet. Do the other two rooms. Do the... Do, do the our Father, start with relationship, and then go, go into holy is your name, declare a few things about him, and now shut up. Just sit there. Boring. Maybe, but not really, because it starts having a work. Read, read a scripture. Think about what it means in your life. Learn to slow down and be quiet. Prayer is not a place of being frantic problem solvers. Maybe all you can get to is Psalm 12, verse 1. You know that one? I've done it in here a lot. Most powerful prayers in the Word of God. Help, Lord! Exclamation mark. Say that, and then be quiet. And then if you get, like, you get a problem... I'm supposed to read Matthew and then do one of those Bible things where you just flip it open, you know? I've done that, and thou wretched man of the earth. The, uh, no. I've run into a few things. Don't open the numbers. It never makes any sense. If you hit numbers, just close it. Think about what it says and not get frantic about problem solving and re- don't even get, here's, here's what's funny, we get anxious about our anxiety. I, I get anxious. I don't know about you. I, ha- I get it, you know, I'm not a worry wart. But I have fears. What do you got to fear? Nothing. But I also know not to make a stupid statement. You know, this is what it said, they said of Ernest Hemingway when he was four years old. He used to run around the house and put his hands on his hips and go, ain't afraid of nothing. Yes, he was. He killed himself. He's, all of his books are about being afraid. 
So I'm not ever going to say I'm not afraid of nothing. There's things that I fear. I mean, I sometimes I, I fear getting older. I, I fear things. I, yeah? But I'm not going to be anxious over the things I fear. I'm going to get quiet and go, wow, you already did this. You've been in my life so many times and you did that and that. And man, you got me through some really tough things. And I didn't go to jail. When I should have been arrested, they didn't. When I shouldn't have been arrested, they tried. And you got me through all that. So scared to have kids, because I thought they'd come out with seven eyes and four antenna, you know, because of my drug use. And they're, they're the most beautiful children on the planet. My grandchildren exceed all the other grandchildren put together. And you quiet your heart over who God is in your life. Your kingdom's come in my life. Your will's been done in my life over and over and over again. Who should I fear? I have you in heaven. And I quiet my anxieties by getting to the place of going, I know what God's will is. I want to close with this. Oh, but I was going to read this, but I'm going to end today. So how many do Jesus calling? Okay, this weekend's was all about this. I could have just read this instead of teaching it the way I taught it. And uh, so read, read Friday and Saturday and move into Sunday. Read it? Oh, I wanted to read Eugene Peterson. No, I'll read this here. All right, this was from May 25th. L- listen to this. this. This is like a friend talking to you. And this is what prayer should be like. The world is too much with you, my child. Your mind leaps from problem to problem to problem, tangling your thoughts in anxious knots. When you think like that, you leave me out of your worldview and your mind becomes darkened. Though I yearn to help, I will not violate your freedom. I stand silently in the background of your mind, waiting for you to remember that I am with you. When you turn from your problems to my presence, your load is immediately lighter. Circumstances may not have changed, but we carry your burdens together. Your compulsion to fix everything gives way to deep, satisfying connection with me. Together, we can handle whatever this day brings. Oh, my. This was yesterday. In a world of unrelenting changes, I am the one who never changes. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Find in me the stability for which you have yearned. I create a beautifully ordered world, one that has reflected my perfection. Now, however, the world is still under the bondage of sin and evil. Every person on the planet faces gaping jaws of uncertainty. The only antidote to this poisonous threat is drawing closer to me. In my presence, you can face uncertainty with perfect peace. It's the only place, the quiet room, 
is the room of peace. It's the, it's the only place. It's the only place I know. There's, there's not another place. Even Hawaii gets volcanoes. Here, close with this. This is, this is uh, the message version of Matthew 6. So you got to, are you familiar with it? You got to love it. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you are dealing with. And he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply like this. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world aright. Do what's best, as above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge. You can do anything you want. You're ablaze in beauty. Yes, yes, yes. That's how he interpreted, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. A simple yes to God over who he is. Isn't that beautiful? I love that. I love that. So, I invite you. I can't command you and I don't do demands, hello. But I invite you to come back to a quiet place this week. Just take one day, if nothing else. Find, carve out that one bit of time where you go, nope, if it means getting up 15 minutes early, okay, sacrifice. If it means staying up 15 minutes late, okay. If it means taking your lunch break, eating real quick, and then taking 15 minutes, do it that way. Understand the busyness and hurry, but know that that busy hurry is trying to keep you from doing this. And just, take, and just do this. Go to these rooms and go to the quiet room and be still and know that he's God. Just let, let him... If you will, the speaking to your heart and hearing God, again, it's not, it's not this. It's not in this. We know this by our souls, by the Spirit. Most people say they're not hearing God, and they are because they know who God is. That's what hearing God is, is they know who he is. That's hearing God. Stand with me. Rethink about these questions. What does it mean for your life? How should you then pray if we're learning a different model? What if prayer isn't graded? Please do that. Okay, I said I'd wait 15 minutes, and I waited 14 minutes and 27 seconds, so I don't get my reward. No fudge sickle for me. What if it is about grace and truth and understanding? What if that's what God wants you to get from prayer? And what if it isn't a means to getting a relationship, but it's because you already have one? 
you just want to sit with your friend. Uh, for anybody that's under the age of 40, I will tell you there is nothing better than you just sitting with a friend. You'll want to know what I got at 67. Trust God, sit with a friend. Pretty simple. Jesus, help us. Really, we pray that Psalm 12 over our prayer lives. <laughs> help, Lord. Lord, help, help each of us not to make it frantic and desperate and needy. Help us to reposition our hearts. I pray for our hearing ear. That, that internal thing, not, not the external auditory sense, but the real sense of knowing God. I know you, and I, I'm going to keep listening. I pray that for each of us, that they would keep listening. And I bless them. And now may the love of God and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with you all entirely through this whole week. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen and amen.